Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome to the Confessional Podcast. My name is Mike Moran, and I am joined today by first-time co-host, Josie. How are you, Josie? I am so happy to be here. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Um, you are a, you have a radio show of your own, Josie. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, no, I wasn't. Can you tell me more about it? I believe it's called, it's on Coyote 102.5. Yes. Which is uh, a broadcast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Correct. I'm Breaking Bad. <laughs> You're really oh, a yeah, kid. Um, what, uh, what, can, tell us about that a little bit. It's a classic rock station. It's All their right. afternoon drive show. I riff on a bunch of current events and things going on and just random stuff I find on the internet. that's interesting or whatever i'm watching on netflix and uh, i do that between songs and it's you know your favorite classic rock stuff all the all the journey and sabbath sure sure do you have do you have like a a friday afternoon uh song every week like it's time to walk like a camel (laughs) no you know like radio stations used to have that like no the only thing i do for cartoons it's Friday. Oh God, that that's uh, WSOX ninety six point one in York had cartoons. I have like yeah. a, a full catalog of of all the radio stuff. And there was a guy that was at my one of my first stations who did what did he do? Working for the weekend. Oh uh, yeah, every yeah. Friday night. Classic. So anytime I play that, Boys especially if it's town. like Monday, right. if it's Monday, I'm like it's the perfect theme song for Monday. Working for the weekend. Right, right. You know, right. I just say something super cheesy. And yeah, and there's actually there's actually a socialist version of that song called "Working for the Weekend." Mm. I don't know if you guys mm. are aware of that. Cool, um, Josie. You used to be on HFS, right? I did, I did, and that was back at ninety nine one, and when it was revived on what was it ninety seven five? Right, right. Because it kind of just it kind of just packed its bags and left overnight. It did. It really did, and I was actually not there that day because I was so a they part-timer. didn't even tell the staff. No, no, they hauled the the staff off to the lunchroom, and for <laughs> like a pizza party, or whatever. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know if they that were having a pizza so party or something. Did or they announce it at the pizza party? They they have the music going, and then you hear the ID go off, and it was like, Nueve, Nueve, Ocho. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. El Zol. Look, we can't, like, we can't get too far into this because yeah, no. we, we've got another topic. But let's discuss this on another episode, if that's <laughs> yeah. okay with you, because I really want to get into this. I could this. probably bring some more qualified guests with me for that one, too. And wow. also, before we uh, bring on our guest du jour, uh, Jimmy Seleski, of course, is always here, our producer. What's up, guys? He'll be, charming. He'll be chiming in from time to time mm-hmm. and charming in. And waving, which we're not doing visual today but right. i'll be waving i'm probably gonna wave the whole time dude you're wasting precious energy precious energy burn uh, them calories jimmy of course has the podcast live from the studio <clears throat> podcast yes and yes, this yes. is the studio this is the this studio. is the studio and uh yeah it's not a live podcast <laughs> yeah it's it's like a you know like kiss a lot like a live albums they always live yeah. albums they always like patch it up in the studio mm-hmm. you know it's like this isn't really live this is not like, yeah we uh, are the kiss go, podcast wait why don't we, we do that makeup. why don't we just go huh? back and make like the best possible comebacks and jokes like why don't we just touch up episodes like that oh, that yeah it would be <laughs> some people do that 
That is, or at least edit like the weird pauses sure, and sure. stuff. I mean, but it depends on how than, real you want to be. <laughs> oh my god, I'll come back with like the best comebacks and everything. It'll be amazing. Yeah. But our guest today is not in the studio, but she is a very. You guys are looking around like, are we sure? Yeah. Have we checked? I'm looking at the iPad. That's the one thing I can make right, eye contact right. with is iPads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it'll be easier when robots are doing shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but our guest today is a very funny stand-up comedian. I have done some uh, some mics and stuff with her via Zoom, uh, and I like her her material very much. She does some very funny Instagram stuff. Uh, please welcome Emma Paxton. Emma. Do we have a clap track for that? We are the clap track. <laughs> oh, okay. The studio audience, too. Here, let's put on the applause sign. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> Emma, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, Emma, you have a show coming up, uh, a virtual show called Winter's End, which will be on Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, Saturday the 12th. Can you tell us about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, it's going to be a Zoom show. I'm hosting and producing it. I'm going to have four um, really funny, unique comedians on there to do some great comedy. Awesome. So everyone should check it out. It is free, but donations are encouraged. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Emma, you are, I believe, up in, in New York, right? Yeah, upstate New York. Oh, okay, Up, upstate New York. Okay, do you travel down to the city yeah. for, for shows and stuff? Um, not recently. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, really close to New York City. And so I kind of, it's kind of silly how I, I recently moved up here a couple of years ago and I left like the best comedy scene you could (laughs) be in. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm going to even stay up here, but yeah, I'm kind of far to be driving down like five hours or so. It's so weird that a state is that big. Pennsylvania is that big, too. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. It's It's crazy. It's six hours from Western Maryland to Ocean City. Wow, you know? Maryland's very like skinny and snaky. Shit. Maryland does walk like an Egyptian. We are doing this. Yeah, type of thing. it does kind of have that that thing going on. Like mm-hmm. a, New York State's well, kind of like that boot thing. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, here here's the thing too is like our uh, our states are like fucking tiny compared to the Midwest states. New Mexico, as an example. Right. That's huge. I know. Yeah. I've never even been there. <laughs> You've never been. Do, do <laughs> no. your listeners know that you're in Maryland? No, I always tell them I'm broadcasting from my secret underground bunker. They don't know that it's from my basement in Parkville. Parkville. And, and they don't notice that you don't like ever show up. Like like most DJs make appearances and stuff like that. I'm the one that doesn't show up for anything. I'm the rogue. <laughs> they schedule you? You're like the guy on uh, most My So-Called Life that they always talk about that never shows up. Yeah, that's me. But uh, Emma, we are talking today, of course, about stand-up comedy um, and our favorite mm-hmm. stand-up comedians. This is a thing that, uh, Josie, you've... you've Technically, never done stand up, but you've. Uh, no, I've acted. I've been on the radio. I have not done a type five stand up, but I have helped write them. And I think you would be very good at it. Thank you. It's it's in the works. It's one of those things that um, I was letting somebody else go first and, uh, and right, helping right, them write right, and letting right. them get acclimated yeah. and into the scene, and then and then I was going to trot yeah. my own jokes out. Yeah. And thank you for that, by the way. And and oh, you're so welcome, uh, um, Emma. How long have you been doing stand up, Emma? <laughs> Uh, about three years. Oh, okay, awesome. So you started right before the pandemic. Well, actually, I started in 2018, I believe. Um, and then I had some health stuff, so I stopped for like a year and a half or so. And then I started up again okay. uh, before the pandemic. 
and all that jazz. So. Right, right. Yeah, I've I've been getting on stage a little bit here and there in real life, and uh, I'll tell you, the anxiety is sky high. Without the exposure therapy of of, of getting on stage for two years, I had an amazing mm. show the other night, but I felt like crap the entire time. You got to play hurt sometimes, Josie. Yeah, well, I played hurt in radio a lot, but nobody right. can tell. My that, whole life that's is what keeps hurt. me from wanting to go on the stage live is like I'm so used to sitting in a room by myself talking to myself cracking myself up right do I want to bring people into my yeah you'll you'll be great known I universe I think you'll be great what about you Emma has it been uh, have you returned to the live stage the, the the real life stage at all um not so much I want to soon but I'm kind of far away from like a good active scene right now right right so um but I do really miss it I really miss like the raw energy. Yeah. Of a bunch of people and an actual stage, you for know. Sure. But for now, I, I also enjoy the comfort of Zoom. So everything has its advantages yeah. and disadvantages. Yeah, I am getting a little addicted to Zoom open mic as an alternative to regular open mics. I'm addicted to, to Zoom stuff in general. Yeah, it is pretty, it is way more convenient. And I feel like you can get a gauge on what works and what doesn't, you know, which uh, an open mic is there for. Yeah, the uh, the guy I help with um, or helped with more of his writing than I do now, but um, he he I think he's going to do the virtual thing next. Oh, okay, cool. I think he's trying to steal his kid's Oculus. Right, I mean, borrow. Right. I mean, learn how to use it so he can show her. Uh huh. Mm. <laughs> um, Emma, so tell us about your your love of stand up comedy and and which what comedians you like and don't like. Who, who's your favorite comedian, Emma? Um, I think my favorite comedian. Uh, is Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Maybe not so much now, but I just, I remember seeing his special all about food and yes. I just thought it was so unique. And yeah, at the time he did that inner critic voice and right. at the time I was very self-conscious person. So I just thought it was really brilliant. Yes. Um, kind of self-aware thing to bring in too. Right. And I never seen anything like it. So, um, right, just yeah. kind of like his sarcasm and cynicism kind of reminds me of myself in a way. So I definitely identify with him. Yeah, me too. Me too. He's one of my favorites. I, uh, I actually, when I started, I pretty much was just kind of doing him on stage, you know, but with new jokes and I slowly developed into my own, my own voice, I think. That's mm -hmm. the way to do it, right? I think so. I mean, you know, it, it really, there's there's no wrong. For me, like, as far as, like, new comedians getting on stage, it's like, just get your ass up there and, and suck. You're going to suck, you know, somewhat in the beginning. It's it's there's, it's inevitable. You're not going to be your best right away. No, and that's why I let somebody else go first and watch them. <laughs> yeah, you send the go palms through out all that first. stuff. Right, I sent him out first. Can you suck for me so I can be awesome when I first start? <laughs> Don't give away my secrets. <laughs> Will you suck for me? <laughs> like I said, don't give away my secrets. Were you? Uh, what, how was it for you, Emma, when you first started? What was your uh, approach to the to beginning stand up? Um, so I always wanted to do stand up since I was like probably eleven years old, and I just didn't have the nerve to. And I felt like I had the personality as a teenager of like a surly introvert kind of. And right. then I saw some guys in New York City do stand up like when my late 20s and they were so horrible that I was just like, <laughs> you know what, if these, if these guys can do it, then I'm going right, to do it. Right, right, yeah. And I, yeah, and I practiced a lot. Um, I rehearsed a lot. And my actual, my first set actually went really well. So nice. like that was, that was very satisfying. Sure, sure. Yeah, mine did as well. And that was a huge nice. boost for me. Was that like, is it like a beginner's luck thing? 
Uh, well, I would say it's like a uh, a big part of it is, is like friends and family are mm. going to come support you at first. And then I did have the experience of like the first time I did one with no friends and family bombing. And I was like, okay. But yeah. it, it made me feel like, okay, maybe I do suck. But I didn't. You know, it was just, uh, that was a, you're going to bomb sometimes, you know, especially when you're new. And a lot of times it's inexplicable. Like sometimes it's like this joke always kills for some reason it's bombing yeah. in this room. And it's just it just happens. Do you agree, Emma? Yeah, that totally can happen. It's it's really interesting to try to analyze, you know, why did this not work at this time? Was it the audience? Was it the energy? Was it how I feel? Was it, you know, there's so many different factors that go into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. For me, it's like it's just do it, do it, do it. And then slowly you're going to start to have more good performances than bad. You know what I mean? But but I still have bad ones here and there, you know? It's going to happen. Well, I ended up making the executive decision somehow to get sober before trying stand-up. And I wonder if Me that too. was a good idea or a bad idea. That was a great idea. But we'll see. Dude, it's like such exposure therapy. Like for me, it's been the best thing for my social anxiety. Really? Yeah. Absolutely. Over, how can it not be? I mean, you're getting in front of stage, you're risking public humiliation, and you're doing it anyway. It does sound like my MO. That's going to kill your social anxiety to some degree. Mm. What do you think, Emma? Do you agree? Um, yeah, to some extent, but I'm really, sometimes it's like, why am I putting myself in a situation to bring on physical anxiety when I spent my entire life doing things to avoid that feeling. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Why exactly. am I doing this? For me, it's like, I'm going to feel awkward anyway. <laughs> like I may as well try to get something out of it, but it yeah. is, it is an extreme version of that. And I do have, I have had times where I felt like I was going to like puke or pass out or something, but it's yeah. overall, it's been a great, it's been excellent for my social anxiety. It's been like one of the best things. Yeah, for me, it's just, it's, I've done TV, I've done radio, I've done things with nobody there. I'd almost be more comfortable with nobody there than actually well, the, people that, showing that up. Well, that will probably be the case sometimes. I've I mean, been to enough mics to see Right, that, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, sometimes it's just the rest of the comics gossiping in the back. All right, let's read a uh, confession here. This is from Sparks Damascus from Baltimore. Uh, Sparks likes Ryan Hamilton. I feel like he's one of the only comedians that, does safe comedy that is actually funny. I don't often laugh out loud alone, but his Netflix special gets me every time. His whole persona persona is just so absurd and wraps really well into his act. Ryan Hamilton, I think he's excellent. Do you know him, Josie? No, I don't know him. Do you know, you know him, right, uh, Emma? Yeah, I do. I actually was at the Comedy Cellar a few years ago, and he was one of the people, and I... He definitely stood out. And then I watched his special and I was like, yeah, this guy's really unique, um, kind of dry humor. Right. And he has a whole thing about um, what's it called? Like air balloons or the, the, with the when you go on a hot, hot, air, hot balloon. air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so funny. I mean, yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those guys where I watch him and I'm kind of like scared to watch him because I feel like I probably he probably has some jokes that I've written, you know what I mean? Right. Cuz he's like similar he feels like kind of similar to myself, so I'm like do I want to watch him cuz then I might find out that I'm doing a bit that he does. You would just have to show mm. me a picture. I'm like the worst with names and faces. It's a uh... Well, you know, this... Uh, this know. Is a, this My phone's is a... over there. You'll have to show me after. Uh, I could know who he is here. and just not know. 
But uh, how would you describe him, Emma? In terms of his style? Yeah. Or how he looks? His his style. His style is dry and... Um, but I, I feel don't know. Like he's it's, kind it's of a upbeat too, though. Than you're used to, right? What? Yeah. Like he's dry, but he's also like kind of he has he has like a he's kind of like uplift. You know, he's not like Jim Gaffigan. Like he's not like flat. No, I don't know who this yeah. guy is. I would definitely remember that face. Yeah, that is quite a face. That's another thing with stand-up comedy. So the faces seem to be a big a big part of it all. Like you know, if you got something going on with your face, like this guy has gigantic teeth. What's True, the, that does help. What's the deal with comedians and giant teeth? I don't know. Maybe I won't make it. <laughs> I don't have the teeth for it. Emma, how would you describe your comedy? Um, my comedy, I think, is... Well, I, I really like humor that is self-aware or meta, even though Facebook completely ruined right, that yeah, word. Yeah, they stole the word <laughs> meta. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's how I describe my sensibility i also um i'm not like into really like raunch comedy at least for myself right um i guess like i have that kind of typical attitude in stand-up and i rely on sarcasm and right right observations and kind of cynical mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah and you i also seem like, like wordplay you seem like you really have a good voice for for someone who's like relatively new, you know, in my opinion. Like you seem to really know what, what you want to do and it, it like really works, you know, like your whole person, just from what I've seen of you, like you really, you know, you, you seem to have already come into your own, you know, which for me, it took like way longer to, oh, to find that. Appreciate and I, that. So I think that's really cool. You, you just... I don't know. You're just like one of those comedians where I'm like, I just, I like her as a comedian. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I want to do shows with her because she seems like a real, like I like comedians that are dedicated to the craft. Mm-hmm. The film, The Craft from 1995. Obviously yeah. I am dedicated to the film, The Craft. <laughs> I have my black dogs on there. Uh, what what was the, what was the girl's name? It sounds like Veruca Salt, but it's not. Well, now you put another name in my head. It's never going to work. As she's the one with the blue eyes and the, like her eyes just tear right through you like Cyclops. You know who I'm talking about, Emma? I do not, actually. Emma was probably born like way post I was going to say, the, the craft for Late me 80s. was like high school. Right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Do you remember the film The Craft, Emma, the original one? I've heard of it, yeah. Well. That's your homework. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you got a, you got a really good thing going on. And I really, I just, you know, I, I look at like someone like you and it, it reminds me that stand-up can be an art you know, it's a silly oh, art. Thank you. It's not like an art that takes itself all that seriously, you know. But to me, it's it is all about the craft, and uh, you know that's uh, that's just cool to see other people doing that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I do put a lot of care into like word choices yes. and kind of the rhythm of how something is in my tone, and Absolutely. I think that, and like I analyze that and think about like a cadence of a rise and fall here. And is that, is that more impactful? And right, it's right. like, is this word choice going to hit better? Yes. Um, so I definitely like thinking about that stuff a lot. Yeah. And I love, I love that you do that because like, that's, I, you know, for me with an art or a craft, I try to figure out like, what 
is it really? You know what I mean? Like, what is the actual thing that is stimulating my brain here? You know, and and, and so much mm. of it is so mysterious and subtle, so much more than we think. Right. But you say arts and crafts, and my ADD brain goes straight to macaroni pictures. So, I mean, there's... <laughs> Look, are, are some macaroni pictures better than others? It's true. Then there you go. That's all it is. But to me, it's like it just there's there's like a certain bell that it rings when you get your your painting or your or I mean not that I paint but like music or uh, writing or whatever where it's like it just hits it just right and you're like yeah yeah you know what I mean and it's unexplainable to me the best art is kind of unexplainable because it's kind of how the radio hmm. thing works it's it's like we're doing one liners at a time between right, songs right. or maybe two or three liners but we don't have time. Right, right. We you're have do, 10, and are you, 20 you're doing seconds. these off of your off of your desk, the one liners? You Well, like I'll have like a yeah, like a no, You're a chopping little, them up yeah, and then you... Totally. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. I was so disappointed to learn that another local comedian does that joke at the show the other day. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't really do like a, you guys want to do some uh, one liners? You like one liners? All right, meet me in the bathroom afterward. We'll do a few one liners. <laughs> Yeah, but, I can keep uh, that. Remember, sober over here. <laughs> that's another joke. That's another thing you got to learn, Josie. Everything under the sun has been done, but you should still write <laughs> your own stuff. And it's all hack. Everything's hack. I've looked at the list of things that are considered hack. Oh, you can't think like, like that. Like everything though. is hack. You got to do just oh, whatever. No. Yeah. I looked at the list and I was like, this is impossible. You could never speak about anything See, ever. You can't if think. You're what what do you hack. think about that, Emma? That attitude. I say I I am kind of very hyper focused on being original um but yeah sometimes you know i do rely on some tropes like the differences between men and women and relationship humor but you know whatever it's really funny but other than that i feel like i i try to be pretty original and i'm like oh right. i don't want to do this because everyone does that but you know right, right. Well, we're all people we're yeah. all the same so. there's a difference between like doing your own thing instead of riding the wave of what everyone else is doing and thinking that you're going to write something that no one else on the planet has ever written. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I'm thinking, I already love the fact that she called them tropes and not hack. That is yes. your word choice thing. I love that. Your thesaurus must be worn out. But <laughs> I'm thinking about like, there's times I've gone to open mics as a lurker and everybody set had something about the Baltimore potholes. Right. And right. it was just like, can we right. go home now? Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm done hearing about the potholes. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to ride over them yeah. to get back to my house. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um. Uh, what else was I going to say? I had something. Oh well, that's always good radio when you comment on your own thought process. Uh, let's see here. We got another one here from uh, Karun Baron from uh, Toronto, Canada, and she says, "I cannot pick, but I guess if I absolutely had to, Gary Goldman. So you can pick. I love how he makes very mundane stuff very funny." Uh, I really loved the Great Depression tour too. Anything dealing with depression is funny. Absolutely, I got so many, but that's another one where I watch it and I'm like, he's going to do some of the same things that I have, and I don't want to see that because I want to pretend like I'm the only person on the planet who has has thought <laughs> to you know come up with this uh, antidepressant uh, screw with your genitals joke. <laughs> I've heard you do that one. <laughs> do you like him, Gary Goldman? Uh yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah that's it's good stuff yeah I, I'm like the person who like flips through YouTube and like just watches like dry bar and stuff right, and right, goes right. through and that's yeah, why I too. asked to see yeah for me the I face because sometimes I go yeah. through stuff so quickly that 
Right. I have no idea. I, I, for a lot of people, sometimes I feel bad because I don't know that. Like, I don't watch that much stand-up anymore, honestly, because I'm around it so much. I do. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I like it, but I don't. I don't like watch it all the time anymore. I could probably list you the regulars at the open mics better than I could list you famous right. comedians sure. right now because sure. of of going to so many. Yeah. Up until, um, well, I took a little. I took a little time out from going. Right. Right. But um, Emma, I'm planning on getting back into it. Absolutely, and I'm I'm excited to see you get back into it because I think you're going to be really good. Emma, you like Gary Goldman, right? Um, yeah, I like him. I'm not probably not the biggest fan. I do appreciate what he does, but I can't say that he really makes me laugh a lot or grabs my attention fully. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do appreciate what, um, Chiron said about, you know, taking mundane stuff and making it funny. I do, uh, tend to like that kind of humor. Um, even just growing up, like I would love just like the little minutia of things that make people really irritable. And uh, right, like, right. I think you can tell a lot about someone by the things that they hate, even though people are like, oh, well, it's so stupid and mundane. Like, it really isn't, though. <laughs> Interesting. You can tell a lot about people by the things they hate. I never really thought of that before. That makes me think family guy. What really grinds my gears? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting, though. That's uh, so, so do you have like a... It, Emma, do you have like a a philosophy? Like, what is your, what is your kind of um, like for me? I think about like what what is stand up like evolutionarily, or like you know, like what is the purpose of comedy? You know what I mean? Hmm. Do you have a theory in that world, Emma? Uh, what is the purpose of comedy? I mean, I guess for me, I always one of my main motivations to do it um, besides praise, obviously now just kidding, oh, um, yeah. but not oh, really. External validation. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally, that's t- I, for me. It's like, yeah, that's a big part of why I do it. Like Aren't I like, we all in therapy yeah, I like being that? like, I like people clapping for me and I like to, I get to be the cool guy <laughs> yeah. in the room sometimes. Can you believe that? Sorry. I think um, I was like a shy I'm not shy anymore, but I was a shy teenager and I had a lot to say um, about like society or just stuff in general. And I just kind of was like burning to say it. And I feel like that's part of what stand up is for me, just being able to say the things I want to say that are just kind of like I want to tell everyone. Um, Absolutely. But also, you know, at its core, like making people laugh. Um right. But I do think you can like make societal points or make people think a bit too. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but what, what what you said about the you can learn a lot about uh, what someone based on what they hate. Like, tell us how that that works into your comedy. Um, I just mean like when people criticize mundane humor, like maybe Jerry Seinfeld or something. They're like, it's so in- insignificant. It's not deep or like. Right. And I'm like, well, but if you're getting super upset over a tiny thing, that could indicate that right, you like, right. are kind of a depressed person or angry person or, you know, those things are universally frustrating. Like it is significant. It's not yeah. some innocuous thing that is like totally yeah, stupid to talk yeah. about. It, and that to me is is one of the points of comedy is kind of pointing out uh, you know, it's almost like uh, uh, not cool or romantic or something to talk about how annoying it is uh, the way someone drives or something like that. But in reality, those things affect us. 
every the, the little things day. like in you know we should admit that you know something like getting your your order wrong at a restaurant or something like that causes a little bit of pain. I will say yeah. I, I'm doing a Seinfeld rewatch right now with my with my I don't know what you would call him. I guess he's my comedy buddy now. And um talking to them. Yeah. It, it it's interesting because I think in those little stand-up segments that Jerry does, and I think we're in like season five or six at this point, I think I've laughed twice. Really? And I think it's just because those jokes twenty years ago when right, I right. watched it in first run or twenty five years ago or whatever. You know, making a joke about the airline peanuts back then was funnier right. because yeah. it it was not. Yeah, overdone. that seems to be the problem. And now with, it's like not yeah, holding up. It seems to be the problem with a lot of the classics is like you go back to them and it's like, well, I've seen these tropes a million times since, but at the time it was. You amazing. say that, but I've got Carlin on vinyl. I've All got Pryor right. on vinyl. Um, I got another. You're one. sounding like yeah. a, cr- a crooked cop in a movie yeah. right now. I got Colin on vinyl. Yeah. I got Pryor. Yeah, <laughs> in my pocket. Yes, right. I do. But I think their stuff held Stagnetti up. Stagnetti works for me now. <laughs> but I think their stuff held up. They're they're in and even their observations and relationship I, stuff. I'll and, be honest. I I think that I, held up better. Like I, a lot of that stuff I don't really. You know, I don't see it as quite as brilliant as everybody else, and probably for that reason. Oh, Eddie Murphy. That's what I have on vinyl. Too. I've got Eddie Murphy. Are you a fan of the the old guys, Emma? The Carlins and the Priors and the... Um, uh... Not a ton, no. Y'all are making me feel old, <laughs> is what it is. Well, Even it, you, Mike. Even you. I mean, you're pretty much my age, right? 26. Yeah, yeah, totally. 26, <laughs> absolutely. Uh-huh. If you're 26, I'm definitely 26. Good. <laughs> I'm glad God, you I agree. Ne- I never thought 26 would sound good. Like when I was a kid, that was anything past 25 <laughs> was like old as dirt, right? Yeah. Like you, it, anything you do after 25 just doesn't count. I'm over <laughs> here trying to make 40 look good, honey. If, if I get 26, <laughs> that's good. No, see, but the, you know what? That is kind of one of the good things about getting old is like it does. It just doesn't matter anymore. The, like I'm not. A cool guy, like I, you know, we're just older people. Like it's it's fine, you know. Like there's no, I got to do this by this age anymore. Like it looks uncool if I do this, you know. It's like I just got my third divorce today. So wow, third yeah. third divorce today. Today, this morning, before coming in, wow. I decided to get my third divorce. Which of before. course means you had at least three marriages today, <laughs> maybe four. Yeah, just three. And if that fourth one is going well so far today, congratulations. Uh, there is no fourth one. I'm taking a yes. year off. From men to do comedy. Right. Well. Because uh, I think it might be more fulfilling. <laughs> Probably. Josie. <laughs> is she breadcrumbing, Emma? Is that? We were talking about bread. Have you ever heard of that term, breadcrumbing, When you're Josie? leading the conversation with little no, well, nuggets? It, can you explain it, Emma? It, um, it basically means... So, like, I'm really into neuroscience and stuff. It basically means that when someone is kind of leading you on, but they're giving you just enough attention to keep you kind of coming back and it sparks your dopamine levels because it's like it's not a consistent form of um, like communication. So, you're so unfortunately, the way our brains work is when there's an intermittent reward. Like you don't know when it's coming. Your dopamine levels go really high as opposed to when something's very consistent and good. So that's why people get kind of like 
addicted to it's how slot machine works like and how facebook works um but also how people might get like addicted to people who like aren't that good for them and like don't really text back all the time (laughs) and stuff like that well i just think we discovered a third episode that we all need to be well this might be another topic for another day (laughs) yeah josie just like (laughs) but i I do think i like breadcrumbs very much (laughs) right um, but Josie, tell us about your uh, favorite stand-up comedians. Lately, um, I've been a big fan of Tig Notaro. Yes, excellent. Because the neurodiversity. Oh, right. And uh, also Hannah Gadsby. Mm. And She's so good. I'm just, I'm just super excited for the representation of the um, autistic female comedian. Are they both autistic? Yeah. Oh, wow. They're both on the spectrum. What, what, listen, they call it a different name every day, and they change the DSM stuff yeah. every We're day. We're no longer calling people Asperger's. Right. We don't, saying, we, don't, right? we don't use that word anymore. And then they tried to do levels, but some people don't levels. like levels. I've never heard of that like one. Spectrum levels. It's like the level of assistance of care you need. So they called me level one because I'm self-sufficient, but level three is like you need like nursing home care level right, care right. and in between it's like people yeah. who still live with their parents forever right to, that's a really really harsh quick summary please no no nobody, I, don't, I don't think nobody and you are me on that and you are on the spectrum so you're allowed right. to i guess i can say that yeah yeah so just representation of female comedians who are on the spectrum but also female comedians who aren't doing period jokes and uh and and other right more stuff. question mark jokes. Just all the all the stuff that I just I when I go to some of these mics and I see like the penises are ugly jokes. I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to see that today. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It gets kind of old to me, like really fast. Yeah, I like I like smart female comedians right. who have takes same. on issues that are not in your underwear. Right. Yeah. Uh, wh- so you're a fan of those two, Emma? Tig and uh, oh yeah, I love Tig Notaro and Hannah Gadsby. I thought you know Hannah Gadsby's special, uh, the one that people were like criticizing that isn't comedy, like was you know brilliant. I loved it. Where it was almost like she was giving a TED talk. Yeah, yeah, I liked it too. Like like, it's not funny. I I, yeah, I thought it was a yeah. I think it still fell under the the you know. I'd still put that in the comedy section of the Sam Goody if I. I liked it. If it still exists. Sam Goody, oh my God. <laughs> Old school. We're going to the Walden right. Books, dang Oh, I know what I wanted to say. When you said thesaurus, I bet Emma was, when you said like her thesaurus is worn out, Emma yeah. was probably like, what? what's a, there's a physical version of a thesaurus? Yeah, the that- Google thing. <laughs> Let me translate. Uh, yeah. Your Google search is probably worn out. <laughs> Emma, have you ever watched a VHS? Yeah, I'm 33. I grew up with tapes. Oh, okay. I thought VHS. you were younger. No, we're all 26 now. Nope. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, anything else we want to say about uh, those those comedians or on the topic of, of uh, intelligent woman comedians? Emma, did you have any more thoughts? Um, yeah, I think Tig Notaro is like super unique. I really appreciate her delivery. And um, she had a whole thing about health, and that's how she kind of blew up. And after I watched that, you know, I was going through some health stuff myself and I stupidly was like, well, if she can do it, maybe I'll try doing a stand up bit about that. Well, I had some really good material. I was super proud of it. And then I went to an open mic and it did not go like Tig Notaro at all. Wow. (laughs) 
Yeah, like, it's it completely bombed, even despite it being really good material, I thought. Well, hang on to it, because I feel like there's there's a different energy at like open mics versus like when when you yeah. uh, are, you know, there, you know, there, there is a, uh, a such thing as the wrong audience in my in my opinion, you know, they say like never blame the audience, but it's like, nah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to get addicted to, to blaming the audience for a bad set. But sometimes it is the audience. Sometimes, yeah. As a lurker, I, I find it's the audiences where it's an open mic and nobody who is not a comedian is there. <laughs> or maybe it's like one regular who likes right, stand-up right. comedy a lot yeah. is there and then like everybody else is a comic. Those are the ones where I feel like just everybody gets up and bombs in a row. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's that's the weird thing too is like other comedians – it's almost like like not intentional, like kind of don't want to support comedians, you know, like even if they're like friends and on the surface they want to, there is like this, there is something in there where it's kind of like, this person's my competition and, uh, you know, I don't want to encourage them too much. I think it's the same with radio people too. Right. People will send you like, hey, listen to my tape or hey, do this or, yeah. you know, did you hear me do that? And you want to say, yeah, that was great or you might want to try this, but really you want to say... Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a little bit of that. And I'll admit I have that in myself too. I try to not do it. Like at open mics, I try to pay attention, especially to the new newer comedians, and give them, you know, feedback. If something's funny, I'll laugh, you know. I'll I'll uh whether other people are laughing or not. That's that's where I let my comedy buddy down and caused a lot of frustration. Because when you're helping somebody write jokes and you're there from the joke in its baby infancy uh-huh, uh-huh. and you know where it's going. And they're presenting it to mm. you over and over. And then it's right, like, right. I don't fake laugh. I don't fake any emotions. I can't. It's not, mm-hmm. it, you know, <laughs> neurodiversity over here. Yeah. Well, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can't fake that stuff. So it's, I'm not going to laugh at the joke I heard a hundred times that I helped write from like a seed. Right. Or right. was at least there bouncing off of like, I can't just go and fake laugh at that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you laugh at my joke? Because. Because I did. But, let me already. ask you this though: Do you have the opposite? Like, if something really strikes you as funny and nobody else gets it, or other people are like, "Ugh," do yeah. you do oh, you yeah. have to laugh? I laugh at only the worst jokes I've found. It, it, they just have to be absolutely terrible. Or there was <laughs> one. There was one where it was like, uh, "There's been a couple open mics where people just get really frustrated." Like, um, I don't want to call out Mike G, but I'm gonna. Um, <laughs> he's a he co-host here sometimes. Yeah, he's and he's a great guy, yeah. and he's super hilarious. But there was one set where it was a room full of comics, and he's just like, "Whatever, I f my mom," and just threw his hands up and walked off. And I was just howling, <laughs> like I was just fall down right. laughing, like hysterically. And all he did was just get frustrated and say, "I f my mom," and right, and right. I was just I was gone. Yeah, that like, to me was funnier it, than like anything else right, that happened right. that night. I yeah, will never like, forget that. Like anti humor is you don't want to rely on that too much, but every now and then it hits just right. That one hit so right, right. that he moved to New York the next week. <laughs> That's awesome, Emma. What do you what do you think about all that? The open mic scene and whatnot. You there? Oh, I think we might have lost Emma. Did we lose Emma? Here, let's time. I think it depends this. on. Yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. I think it depends on. Can you yes. hear me? Yes. Hello. Yeah, we're here. Sorry about that. Okay, I think that the open mic scene is good. Like, it really depends on the people. Um, 
but yeah, I do think like sometimes, you know, calling out the audience, like it might be warranted, but other times it might not be. You never, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and have you found other people to be supportive within it or have you experienced a little bit of that, uh, you know, stay in your own lane kind of reaction that some people I do. Give? Yeah, I do find that, um, my experience of in-person comedy is that people can be quite clicky, mm. uh, but I try to be like friendly and meet new people. I found that over zoom, there's a extremely supportive um, communal vibe that yeah. is really wonderful that I don't think I've experienced as much in real life. Right. Right. <laughs> and I wonder if that's because the stakes are different on zoom. Like when people are calling in from all over Maybe. the country, they're not going to be, you're not going to be competing with them in your local area necessarily. Hmm. That's a good point. That, that could take the element out of it, but I've seen the clickiness. Right. Yeah. As a lurker. Even on zoom. No, no, not on Zoom, but okay. in person, I've seen the clickiness. Yeah, absolutely. As, as a lurker, a hundred percent. Absolutely, uh, Jimmy, you're kind of a lurker as well, aren't you? You've been around. Big lurker. I'm lurking on this podcast right now. Exactly. Just lurking. You got a lurk over there. Yeah, the mm -hmm. shoes and the looking like you're lurking. Socks and lurking shoes. Converse, what do they call? The what do they thing? call the shoes that, that you wear to lurk? Gum shoes. Gum shoes. Yeah, he's looking what? like a lurker. What are over gum there? shoes? You never heard? That's like the old like '50s slang for that's, like a gum. Uh, that's spy. like a, a detective is called like yeah, a gum shoe. Yeah, yeah, because they wear shoes with. I always imagine they wore shoes like with like a really gummy. How would that? Like, putting what were gum they called? Hush shoes. puppies or whatever? What were no, those shoes? No, hush puppies were a wallabies. slave thing. No, it was wallabies. Hush puppies wallabies, were wallabies. dogs that... No, 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 no. The shoes, they were big in like the 70s. I had a pair when they came back around in the 90s that were orange. They were... All right, I need to be filled in on three different things. What is a hush puppy? It is uh, when when slaves would escape from the Old South, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the catchers would have dogs with them that smell their scent. Uh -huh. And they would set up like treats with poison inside them. I don't know the, the specifics. What? But I they thought they were like the dogs. fried cornbread things that you get at Long John Silver's. That they eventually too. became. Also that. Yeah, no, they ser I think they also seriously that. like put them in bread. They put like poisonous berries in bread, I believe. Oh, so. So hold on. Now, now it's all coming together. Yeah. So the hush puppy that we enjoy today. Is just simply the non-poisonous version. Exactly. Kind of like Coke. Can we change the name, though? We had to change the name of everything else. Now, I don't like the name of those. Can yeah, I mean, like, I, yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't Cornbread Bites up. or something? Cornbread Bites. Not I never them. knew the origin of that. No, me either. That's now, what I, I learned in high school. It could be one of those things that's BS and, you it know, makes it makes more sense. I'm going right. to sit over here and cancel myself right. for not knowing that. Yeah. Also, wait, you like wait in the water. They did yeah. that to to throw off the the dogs, like because you can't smell them in the water. Yeah. I'm oh, I thought you. Myself. I thought you meant they wrote the song to throw off the dogs because dogs hate <laughs> yeah. music. Right. Yeah. Now I want cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, what are, What are your other not, questions, yeah, Jim? All right. So uh, she brought up wallabies, which is a type of shoe, I presume. Yeah. They They actually have a gum salt. Google it. All right. Use the Google machine and look it up. But they actually have like a rubber gummy sole that it, it kind of looks like, for lack of a better term, dried up rubber cement. There you go. And then I simply alluded to gum shoes, which I don't even know if that was an actual shoe that the spies wore. But if I were inventing a shoe yeah, that's us. for somebody to use when they're walking around, sneaking around. Right. 
It would be a shoe with a very, very soft sole. Yeah, That's I what mean, what? Look. Yeah, like a shoe to sneak around in with a soft sole. Look at that. What? It looks like dried up rubber cement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh. Let me get a load of this. It's the best description I think I can give. But I imagine I, it to be green. Another, green? but other than that, another okay. anecdote along these lines that I've heard, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this one's probably bullshit. That's but hush puppy colored. That. Uh, <laughs> That um, gum, that uh, sneakers were actually invented during the Jack the Ripper uh, uh, search uh-huh. by the by the police. They they put rubber on their on the bottom of their their shoes and called them sneakers so they could lurk around the alleys without being heard. Oh, because of oh all the cobblestones my. and the footballs. yeah yeah. I'm pretty sure that's probably not true. Though. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that every iteration of Jack the Ripper stuff I've seen, they always have the cobblestones and the footballs. There's so many yeah. types of shoes that are used for sneaking, mainly the sneaker, right? Which is also tennis shoes. Tennis shoes and sneakers are the same thing, right? I think so. Tennis wear was invaded in the 1880s. Um, During the Jack the Ripper thing? No, no, oh. no. It was like sweatsuits and stuff, so you could play yeah. tennis. Did you have cold. to play tennis sneakily? Because why would it be that sneakers sneak and tennis, tennis shoes? Well, are the no, no. This time I'm talking about sweatsuits to go with your sneakers. The sweatsuits that go with your sneakers were invented for tennis players to be able to play in the cold in France. Mm. Well, Emma, do you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> no. All right. It's the most useless information ever shared. Thought. Well, that's what we're here for at the Confessional Podcast. All right. You did. You were going to ask me a question, though. I derailed the well, whole you, thing. Well, you, you, said you, had several, you said you had several uh, questions about what we were talking about. The hush puppies, the, mm-hmm. the gum shoes. And I think, um, uh, I don't want to say we've answered them. But, uh, I'm sure we haven't. I, I think that we... Uh, we covered them enough. We cleared some stuff up All right, in a well, bad then, way. Then let's jump into uh, another... Terribly misinformed way. <laughs> of course. That's what we're here for. We hush, were... Yeah. People are, uh, Neil Young's going to boycott us for giving out bad information. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> off of Spotify, no doubt. Um, okay, this one's from Frank Andrew, who is from Ohio. Uh, he also likes Jim Gaffigan. He just seems to be honest and open. That voice he does, like it's some other person commenting on what he's saying, is actually something I've always done in actual conversation, LOL. I've, me too. Me too. I get paid to talk to myself, so of course, right, I, I right. get that. Emma, did you have that going on before you saw Jim Gaffigan, the inner monologue? Um, yeah, I think everyone has it to an extent, but I think voicing it out loud is is different. And I also think just kind of speaking to that, it makes makes you seem more like humble and relatable and self-aware. So Absolutely. yeah, I've always been like hyper self-aware. Absolutely. And he really, I mean, it's become a trend since to have like kind of memes and things that are like anxiety, you know, like when you are, uh, you know, uh, when you sign up for something, when you're feeling good and then you show up and you have no social energy, you know, like I feel like he, he kind of captured that a, a little bit before it became popular. Yeah. That's like my life. Mm. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I. How do you feel about Jim Gaffigan, Josie? I do. I do enjoy his stuff a lot. Yeah, yeah I think he's great. I think he's really. Uh, to me, he's alternative comedy. You know, in the mainstream, he's outsider comedy. That's interesting. Josie seems to yeah, heavily it's funny. disagree. Yeah, really it's, it's not that I heavily that disagree. What's that, Emma? I said he wouldn't be described that way. A lot of people would like say that he's like white bread, like boring. 
Yeah, but that, that know, can still but I be alternative. What you said because he's not actually right, right. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah, it's the type of stuff that like you know my my mom and dad can I can watch with you know and they like it, but it's still it's weirdness yeah. to me. Like you know, it, like The Simpsons is kind of another one where it's like a broad audience is going to get it, but it still is weird. You know, David Letterman as well. Just because something's popular doesn't mean hmm. it's not all. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, no. Look at Matchbox are... 20. Oh, right? geez. Don't even. I've got my own rant. That'll have to be uh, on there. Jimmy with his underground bands that no one's ever heard of. Yes. Matchbox 20, band, if you guys haven't heard of I only like their old stuff. Yeah. yeah. I listen to them on vinyl. Yeah. Don't even get me started on the Goo Goo Dolls. They haven't been the same since Push. Um, <laughs> they haven't. They really haven't. I know. And the Goo Goo Dolls haven't been the same since Dizzy Up the Girl. It's. Mm-hmm. You, you you have entered my wheelhouse. Congratulations. You know the other awesome. guy was the lead singer in the Goo Goo Dolls, the yeah. bassist, and then they were like, this other dude's way too good looking to not be the lead singer. We got to put him up. Well, the him. other yeah. guy wasn't a very good singer. Really? To be fair. Robbie Takak, he was not that guy. Oh, wow. He did like a lot of like really growly, rough stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I figured it was the other way around. I figured he could sing really well, and they're like, yeah. No, no, they put the pretty boy out front. And, and the guy is way hotter. Yeah. You want to make records, though, or you want to make millions. Listen, it's true. It's true. I've, I've met them, and what what he has done to his face is, is that's plastic surgery. The bassist really or the... Johnny or Resnick's the pretty face, boy. the pretty boy. He's he's tried to keep that face, and he's he's gone the... The too much work right. route. Well, what if the what what is the Goo Goo Dolls' life like in the last twenty years? They, they have put out some singles that make it to like the hot AC okay. adult contemporary station still. So they're still they're still relevant. They're not like a county, but they're fair not band. like super relevant. They're mm. like it barely gets you know it's it's not like the number one stuff. They exist right. they, when they, they come, exist. when they come to town. What kind of venue do they play at? I think they still play Pier Six, Miku, whatever its name is this week, or right. Mary even Merryweather. Yeah, they could play a place like that for really? sure. Really? Because and people still want to hear. That means they're huge. If you can because people want to hear Mary the old songs. Nobody wants to hear the new but stuff. That's it's that still, situation. That's still like, dude. They of course they're still going to be able to sell out Merryweather. Really? Yes. Oh, well, then they're, that means me? they're huge. I go. Come on. Nobody has like hit singles throughout their whole career. Yeah. Nobody. You want to talk to Aerosmith about that? I do actually get him on the line. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let me just call up Steve. I actually have him right waiting now. in the queue. We can pull him up right now. Yeah, great. Sorry to. Um... Do <laughs> you have any thoughts on Aerosmith, Emma? Oh God, I really don't like. Don't like <laughs> Why don't you like Aerosmith? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I just, I just hated those like radio hits growing up. They got so annoying to me. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Long Train Running like and get back to me. Mm-hmm. Dream on, still slaps. Yeah, dream on. Yeah, dream on. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings. Yeah, I guess that that was kind of good. Yes, yeah. It's kind of good. For some reason, I thought that was a Led Zeppelin <laughs> cover when I was young. I don't know why. Or I thought it was Led Zeppelin when I heard it. Mm. Um, I'm not going to address that. All right. So another thing that you're not going to want to address is uh, this next confession from a gentleman named Mick Valentine. I have heard of him. <laughs> Mick says, my favorite to watch is Bill Burr. I think his ideals align with mine. That's why he makes me laugh. He calls out certain groups for how ridiculous they act and isn't afraid of being canceled. Love that. Everybody should be given the opportunity to be roasted. Emma, take it away. Okay, so I have a lot to say about Bill (laughs) Bill Burr. Like, pretty much every day in my life, I'm in an argument with a man about Bill Burr. I find that even the most, like, 
guys who I think are sensitive or nice. I'm like, who's your favorite comedian? And they're like, Bill Burr. And I'm like, how? Like, how does this keep happening? So basically, I, I will say that Bill Burr is funny, right? Like, he does right. make people laugh. He grabs your attention. Uh-huh. However, I think he is basically verbally abusive. And he relies on um, false equivalencies where he'll, like, take something like, He'll say something like, well, I've been told that I have to lose weight, too. Like, just get the fuck over it. Like, uh, just lose 10 pounds. Like, he's equating that with, like, a woman being told to lose 10 pounds for a movie. And, and like, by its logic, which is what people are like, oh, wow, that's such a good point. He's so smart. Like, in in that logic, I guess, like, it sort of makes sense. But in reality, if you're looking at, like, a people groups that are oppressed or marginalized the weight of no pun intended of like yes everyone is judged for their looks men are judged for their looks also but the degree to which men are judged for their looks are completely just like off the charts there's a huge disparity Mm -hmm. against like women who are like your entire self-worth is based on your looks from the time you're like five years old so to act like it's the same thing is just so like emotionally non-intelligent. I can't even like wrap my head around it. It's so such an insane thing to claim. And it's just like mean, like maybe I know he does stuff just make people laugh, but that's the kind of argument that his entire brand is based off of. Like he said something about how people shouldn't get mad that like Brian Cranston played a disabled person in a movie and like people are he's like that's actually acting like again yeah he's sort of making a point but if you take a group of disabled people who are completely marginalized from society and treated like garbage as a whole maybe it would be nice to see some more representation of actual disabled people like so the fact that that can't enter in his mind is just it's just infuriating to me and I feel like he gets away with everything and the last thing I'll say about Bill Burr is that he's like just famous for shouting and like being like everyone bitches about everything. Like he's constantly complaining about people complaining. But unlike someone like Tick Notaro or Jim Gaffigan, he will never state that while he's doing that, he's also complaining. Like yeah, there's just yeah. no self-awareness of it. If he were to be like, but I'm complaining now, I'd be like, right, oh, right. yeah, so that's kind of funny. Right. But he just he's so brash and like aggressive and it just honestly like I, he's made me laugh and like I do kind of hate watch him. Mm-hmm. But I just like I just he just triggers me honestly like like I'd rather listen to Joe Rogan. I'd rather listen <laughs> to even like I'll maybe it's shocking. I'd rather listen to Louis C.K. now than Bill Burr. Wow. That's how much I can't stand Bill Burr. Wow. So would you say he's like top three for you then? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I would like to know more about your psychological profile of the men who enjoy Bill Burr. <laughs> Probably wearing a red um, cutoff shirt, sitting in a garage in studio, and <laughs> that's what that's what I producing I a realize, podcast. I didn't even realize Jimmy was talking about himself there, <laughs> sitting on a couch, that's, five dollar foot long T shirt. Yeah, that's what like is so surprising to me that. Even people who are seemingly sensitive or you don't even have to be sensitive to know that this guy acts like a bully all the time. Like, and I've seen him in interviews and he does the same thing. Like, that's what's bizarre to me is that he somehow gets away with 
so much more that other comedians who have said way less worse things mm. like just get canceled but he's just like he's just beyond yeah. and it's like even guys who seem like really nice and like compassionate i guess compassionate being the word empathetic they're like oh yeah i love bill burn i'm like i just how does that sync up like i don't understand well i, I don't get it i did have that experience of realizing that like if like i personally when i do anything edgy at all like people are like whoa whoa dude Mm. And somebody explained to me, like, yeah, it's because you don't have that bad boy persona. Like, so there's like something about like the the persona. Like, you can be if you're you, you get away with more if you already. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I don't know. It's hard right. to explain. It's like the bad uh, kid in school yeah, gets yeah. away with being the class clown That's because they're right, used right, to being bad. Point. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you know, I don't know if like yeah, it's so weird like that. I, it's. Uh, but Emma, would you date a guy who is a big fan of Bill Burr? Um, or is that a red flag? It's really, because funny, because my, it's really <laughs> funny because my last, uh, like serious relationship, I remember I asked him if he liked Bill Burton. He said no. And I was like, and I used that as like a really big reason why I thought he was a great guy. <laughs> I, I'm only asking because, um, uh, Mr. Valentine and I, uh, he would be my most recent departed entanglement. Yeah. And so... By, I, just, by sheer, I just wanted to hear your thoughts. By sheer on him. coincidence, one of the ones that you picked, Emma, uh, is Josie's uh, uh, whatever <laughs> your ex, I guess. Yeah, it, weirdest breakup ever. Oh, but you're friends. You're still friends, right? Yeah, yeah. That's my ex, my my most recent ex. So that's why I wanted to hear you pick him apart a little bit before <laughs> I actually gave my opinion. <laughs> but you did an excellent job, so that's fine. I have nothing more to add. <laughs> I just have very strong feelings about Bill Burr. Like, I don't know why he triggers me so much, but he does. Right, so. right. I hear you. Yeah, for me, he just, I, he was never, like, my favorite comedian either way. You know, like, I never really got enough into him to figure out if I thought he was offensive or not. I just kind of like, eh, I just seems like kind of kind of douchey or something. I, just... I watched a lot um, by Osmosis. Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. like what he did in the uh, Star Wars stuff. Star Wars. Yes. What did he do with Star Wars? He did some stuff with the. Uh, he didn't. He's not responsible for Jar Jar, is he? No, God, no. Okay, good. No, he did some stuff with the with the newer stuff, like Mandalorian stuff. What? what like writing or? No, like acting. Oh, he's wow, trying I didn't to be a serious actor now. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, have you seen his acting, Emma? Um, I have not. Oh. Yeah, I'll need Disney Plus and all the I'd Star like Wars. I'd like him to act. <laughs> It'd be nice to see him act like a an, like a decent person. That would be an interesting role for him to play. <laughs> Just okay. All right. Well, um, this has been a great episode, guys. Is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap it up? Any uh, other thoughts on stand up comedy in general? Emma, do you have anything else you want to discuss? Um. I think I'm good. It felt really good to rant about Bill Burr in a podcast <laughs> sure. because it is probably my favorite thing. He's probably my favorite thing to rant about. Right, right. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Of course, anytime. Yeah, we'd love to have you back sometime to discuss uh, all the other things we were talking about. Yeah, for sure. All right, Josie, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, just, uh, just rock and roll. Rock Keep on doing roll. it. I'm going to start right. uh, crushing those mics and getting those reps in. Awesome. As soon as I get moved up uh, to be next door neighbors with the Church of Satire. Nice. That's, that's the plan. Nice. Cool. Um, are you, uh, do either of you have any social media you want to throw out there? 
Emma? Um, yeah, I do a lot on my Instagram. I do a lot of videos. Um, sometimes they get pretty decent views. My Instagram is EMP underscore comedy underscore. So yeah, and there they you are, go. I have seen those and they are very funny. I think that's why I first saw Thanks. you actually. Oh, cool. And my everything, which is not up to date at all, is Radio Josie. Website, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, the whole everything's Radio Josie. Radio Josie. I owned it early. It sounds like it if you got all those. Yeah, that's quick. That's a good one. Yeah. No yeah. underscores, no nothing. No nothing. Wow. Just wow. Radio Josie. Has that, have you found that to be like good for your career overall? Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I've got a couple thousand here and there. Right. I'm right. not like one of those 10,000 bangers, but... Sure. I also don't try too hard or at all. <laughs> yeah, it always sucks when people that aren't trying, like get like people like me who are trying constantly. I tried so hard. That's why I gave up. <laughs> right, I was right. like, I just I put I so much thought, yeah, especially into like TikToks. I know, and, and then it just seems all like, the stuff like, and it was stuff just... that were like gets viral is like so random that it's mm-hmm. kind of like just do These what you want to do. Are viral, but really. Anything I've ever worked hard on, not. Right, right. Yeah, these are the Lizzo leggings. Lizzo leggings. Yes. What does that mean? I don't know. Lizzo wore oh, the, them. The oh. kind that make your butt look good. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. Should I wear them? Yeah, totally. All right. Yeah. I actually just I did. I was introduced to Lizzo recently, and uh, I like her. She seems cool. I wish I met her. I have not. Yeah? But she, she'd be a cool person I heard to she suffers from mental health issues. Maybe she'll do something with the depression group sometime. Mm. Yeah, I'll call her right after I call Steven Tyler. Excellent. You have way overshot my Rolodex. <laughs> which, speaking of which, if anyone out there suffers from depression and anxiety, check out uh, a support group for depression and anxiety where we eat cereal. We have meetings every Thursday over Zoom uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a TikTok page. Uh, and you should come find us. But I can co-sign that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I want Emma to come to come to uh, to speak at a meeting sometime. Yeah, Emma, come to Depression Group. It's really fun. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I'll do that sometime. All right, excellent. Well, guys, this has been a great episode. Thank you, Mr. Jimmy over there with your $5 foot long. Thank you. And now he's got his nip-noop showing. His nip-noop? Oh, yeah, he does. He's having a Janet Jimmy, Jackson. Jimmy, how warm do you think it is outside right now? You're wearing, like, <laughs> cut, like a shirt with no sleeves. If it was, like, three degrees colder i'd consider sleeves but, but then you're wearing the nice gold watch with the whole ensemble and that's right. where... oh it's fake gold okay but and this is a fake sleeveless i made it myself that's yeah that's actually a bootleg you know uh, this really These are real middle school gym shorts though. that's not jared approved this, this is not jared approved no this too big the, the the creepy uncle vibe <laughs> look thing just got way more legit now absolutely mm-hmm. creepy yeah, uncle. Well, it's not creepy if you're attractive that's all i thing. need now is a nephew <laughs> anybody out there a question about your ex Yes, darling, go ahead. Oh, did he like Hannah Gatsby? That's my question. <laughs> no, but he does like Tig. <laughs> yeah, why am I surprised? That's all I have to say about that. He's going to be listening. And we show and we and we still share home space right now. Oh, okay. Well, so. we we love him, Nick. <laughs> we do. I do. I do I, still he, love I him. I think as he's a he's the type that can take a good ribbing, you know, mm-hmm. I think. Right? I st- I still love him as a human. On this earth, good. good. I would be That's sad good. if he left the planet, right? But I don't need to watch any more more uh, Bill Burr specials with him. I've yeah. retired from that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been an excellent episode. Thank you so much, Emma. We'd love to have you back sometime. 
Thank you, Josie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, thank anytime. Uh, and thank you, Jimmy. And we will see you. everybody next time on 